0: Hi, I'm Tom Coffin, CEO and President and Co-Founder of Simply Reliable Incorporated. Welcome to the Smartpreneur Podcast. What's a Smartpreneur, you might ask? Well, a Smartpreneur, in our opinion, is someone that focuses on working on their business, not just in their business. And our Smartpreneur Podcasts are designed to bring you some relevant information each week about your business in different parts of that business, it could be marketing, it could be workflow, it could be labor, uh, it could be business operations. Many things that we'll talk about each week on the podcast. You can also check out our Smartpreneur blog at simplyreliable.com. And of course, our Smartpreneur podcast is brought to you by Simply Reliable, makers of Smart Office and Design Machine, the complete end-to-end solution business process for systems integrators. So thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the Smart Smartpreneur Podcast, our guest is Chris Smith. Chris is the co-founder and CEO of The Co-Team. Please welcome Chris Smith. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Tom, I'm doing really well. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. Well, Good. smartpreneurs, we're going to dig deep into the mind of Chris Smith and talk about service plan basics. So this is a, this is a great subject, and uh, you know if you don't have recurring revenue now, you you need to be thinking about this. Uh, and, and Chris has a great blog out about it on our smartpreneur blog series, and we're going to dive deeper today. So, Chris, what what percentage would you think uh, of integrators? are currently using uh, you know the service plan uh, model and uh, and and selling these
1: i don't have hard concrete data to be quite honest but based on my experience it's for sure less than 5% and i wouldn't be surprised if it was 1 or 2%. wow
0: that's pretty low
1: yeah it's quite low and it's it's a little <laughs> sad i i think that there's a huge opportunity for people to add this into their into their mix Make money doing it, and provide better service that then compensates service technicians to be able to be there on their payroll.
0: Yeah, and, and you feel for, so that's that's service plans. But what about like uh, security monitoring plans stuff like that? Do, do you see the people you're talking to, uh, you know, jumping on that bagun, bandwagon like the you know like the security guys
1: did? Security monitoring, at least in the clients that I call, is quite low. I think there are a number of people mm-hmm. that do it well. Um, in certain markets, but by and large, most integration companies do not do security monitoring, at least in my experience. Okay. I think, you know, there are some markets where you might see it more and what that might be indicative of is the requirements to actually be a security provider. So for instance, in New York, that's very hard to do. In mm-hmm. Montana, that might be easier to do.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. I, I know I re- I've run companies in Cleveland and Texas and Florida and I had to be licensed in Texas, had to be licensed in Florida. Back then, I didn't have to be in Cleveland, although I think you do now. So you're seeing more, which actually, you know, from a from uh, the, the standpoint of CD philosophy, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, make sure people are are, are trained and, and licensed. But um, uh, when, when you're when you're working with a dealer to set service plans up or, or to, to consult on them, so to speak, uh, how much of this is based upon truck rolls versus things they can do? you know, remotely or are, you know, are they just in case uh, type situations? Maybe you can take us through what, what a service plan might look like.
1: Yeah. So service plans will vary from dealer to dealer, market to market and system to system. You know, some people are installing much more basic systems, you know, ring doorbells and, you know, things like that. And some people are installing very complex lighting and shading systems. So depending upon the type of system that's installed, it will directly inform the type of service plan that you need to offer to cover it based on that service plan it might involve more truck rolls more remote or some combination of both Um, and so looking at what your systems truly require is important once we think about the number of systems that we have and the number of customers that we have we need to think about the amount of time it's going to take to service those things whether it's remote or truck roll based And then we think about our service radius because if our service radius is larger means we're going to get less service done covering that radius. Once we know about the amount of time we need to cover, we know how much we need to charge for that time and we know how many people we need to staff that. And so really we kind of ground up from the sales that you do to converting into the number of plans that you'd have and the type of service you want to offer for the price of those plans. So really that equation allows you to develop a pricing model unique to that given integrator.
0: That makes sense. So are, are, are most of the ones out there then creating their own service plans or are they, are they buying a plan and then essentially reselling them? What's, it's what's a great the question for that?
1: That's a really great question. So what you see today with companies like One Vision or Parasol is that they're offering a segment that can be resold by an integrator But that integrator still then has to service the client after that so i don't see it as you can only do one vision or you can only do parasol it's usually uh would you like fries with that and almost always it has to be a combo meal um, because you couldn't just start with one position and end there Um, some people then choose to do what is being offered by one vision or parasol or somebody else directly in house and i think that comes at scale you know, usually when you start talking about companies that are above twenty people, they might be able to actually take on that function in house. It's the same idea; it's just a segment of the overall service agreement.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, you've got to you got to provide someone to answer that phone twenty four seven. Absolutely, and that's something that this you know smaller dealer just couldn't do. So it makes sense that that uh, would be taken over, uh, and then uh, scheduling the workload and and. And if I understand what you just said, it sounds like these uh, external companies will will maybe even schedule the appointments, but then it's the local dealers, uh, employees that then go out and do the service calls. Is that right?
1: Typically, it ends before the scheduling. So uh-huh. the remote support tends to be of the front line, if you will, that first phone call, the triaging, maybe even some of the remote support of actually fixing the issue or remedying the issue remotely that can happen outsourced. As soon as a truck roll is required, the ticket moves from the outsourced company back to the service desk of the actual integrator. And then the integrator takes over from there and schedules their resource to come to the house.
0: Makes sense. Makes total sense. Well, boy, it, it sure seems smart to implement uh, something like a, like a service plan. I mentioned earlier that the security industry, you know, recurring revenue is, is the staple of that that industry. Uh, I wonder what your thoughts are about the future of of uh, of service and maintenance plans, and do you ever see a time that uh, that that becomes a a much larger percentage on the balance or on the uh, on the P and L, I should say, uh, of, Gosh, the, of I sure the
1: hope so, Tom. <laughs> I sure hope so. It's <laughs> it is a massive problem if the revenues to a business are project only. And the reason being is that the value of the business, the enterprise value, the resale value of that entity is almost nothing if you don't own the real estate to the company. So I think if if you only think about project-based revenue, you're only as good as the last project you sold. So why would I care that you then have this business if I then need you to keep reselling it? You wanna get out. Service-based revenues, recurring revenues continue and persist on without the salesperson having to be there, without the owner principal having to be the one to sell it. And typically when you look at any company industry, even outside of of the custom installation business, those recurring revenues are valued at five times more at an enterprise level, and that's minimum. So uh, all these recurring revenues should be really, really crucial in terms of exit strategy, but let's look at them from a different perspective they are absolutely cash flow components to your business. And so I can have my project business decrease and have my recurring revenue business stay static and still cash flow my business. Mm -hmm. And those recurring revenue sales are sticky. They tend not to go away. So when we have dips in the economy, when we have things like COVID hit us where we're locked down, we might not be doing project work, but we're absolutely still maintaining our recurring service component that ideally we'd like to get the recurring component to pay for our overhead expenses. If we can get recurring to cover overhead, we have a bulletproof business. And so, you know, I've worked for businesses where recurring was as much as one third of the revenues. Most people can't even imagine recurring being above 5% of their revenues. And so (laughs) I think when you really start to think about it, wouldn't we like to have recurring be the purpose of why we sold a project? In other words, if I can't get recurring, should I even sell the project at all? If yeah. we get to that point, we're in a really great place.
0: Yeah, well, that's great info, Chris. Um, Smartpreneurs, uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, Chris today and, and talking about uh, service plans. And, and uh, boy, I just, I can't agree with you more how important that, that, the, that recurring revenue of that service plan is. Because uh, like you said, it, you know, we just went through a, a pretty tough couple of years out there and some did well and, and some, some went away. And um, I, I firmly believe the ones that that probably did the best had a pretty good service plan or, or some sort of recurring revenue uh, to keep them afloat because there wasn't a lot of, wasn't a lot of new construction, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, uh, again, Chris, thanks so much for your time. And we really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: So thanks for joining us, Smartpreneurs. Uh, if you'd like to uh, uh, read more about, uh, about, Information like this. Uh, Chris has written several blogs for us. Just go to simplyreliable.com and go to our Smartpreneur blog series. And uh, also, uh, Chris has done some some uh, other podcasts with us on the Smartpreneur podcast. You can check those out as well. Chris, if, if one of our smartpreneurs said, Hey, I'd like to learn more about this uh, and maybe work with you, how might they get a hold of you?
1: We'd love to speak with you. Simply go to www.thecoteam.com. That's T-H-E-C-O-T-E-A-M.com.
0: And of course, you can see our podcast uh, anytime at simplyreliable.com, or you can watch it on youtube.com forward slash simplyreliable, or Apple Podcasts, or you can listen to it on any of the places that you normally listen to podcasts. So thanks for joining us, Smartpreneurs, and we'll see you again next time. I'm out. Thanks.